0: Welcome to the Lapsus Lima podcast. Please support us by signing up for member exclusive content at lapsuslima.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Intermezzo number 12. Five years is an arbitrary stretch of time, though fundamentally not more so than an anniversary, a decade, or a century. In many ways, A half-decade is one of the mileposts in the distance between current events and what is truly past. The death of Steve Jobs on October fifth, 2011 is now passing through those thresholds in which memory consolidates as history. In his 2005 commencement address to the graduates of Stanford University, The co-founder of Apple said that death is very likely the single best invention of life. And in the half-decade between that speech and his own passing, which as he delivered that speech he knew was approaching from pancreatic cancer, though not when, we all saw what Apple accomplished his focus on life was surely sharpened by the knowledge that our time is so fleetingly brief. One of the things that drove me along an unlikely and often troubled life path from Chicago through Cupertino and then into architecture was this example set by Jobs. Somehow, just knowing often without actively thinking about it, that you could set your compass and strike land that others had told you never existed, gave me confidence. Starting out famously in that garage in Palo Alto, Jobs took ideas, himself admitting they were rarely ever his ideas, and made them manifest in such a way as to in his own words, dent the universe. The recent movie about jobs in which Michael Fassbender states, Musicians play their instruments, I play the orchestra, was likely never said in real life, but it does nail a truthful sentiment exactly. As musique concrète performers are sometimes credited with the realization of a musical concept, Jobs' guidance shaped good ideas into great devices, and even more importantly, into the successful ecosystems that have since supported them. Nor did the struggling apple of the late 80s and early to mid 90s suffer from a want of good ideas or even from a lack of talent. If anything, it was burdened by a surfeit of top-notch concepts combined with a management that didn't know how to select the best among them or how to time things accordingly. The Newton was a famous casualty of that corporate disease and even today, iOS devices still lack the handwriting recognition and non-voice artificial intelligence that was capably executed in a shipping product yet technologically stillborn by 1996. Most people in the wider public see the very deliberate deluge of annual and biannual device releases, and are unaware of the much longer stretches of time that are involved in innovation and creating a technological platform. The iPhone as a device would be nowhere without iTunes, the application preceding it. But what is now a hideously degenerate mutation of its former self began as clean soil from which the so-called new apple grew. It began 15 years ago in January of 2001, timed for release seven months ahead of the iPod. I was among those who, at the time, were hoping that the rumors attached to Apple's uncharacteristically pre-announced promise of a breakthrough digital device would correspond to a revamped Newton. But the geekocracy recoiled at this thing called the iPod. We scoffed, at the idea of a $400 music player intended to hold songs at lower-than-CD quality, and for the first four years, it didn't sell very well. But it was more of a beachhead in a wider strategy than a single product in itself. When I first went to Cupertino in 2004, there was a so-called town hall event at the lecture auditorium in Apple's One Infinite Loop headquarters. It was the first internal event held after Jobs' return from his initial medical leave of absence, and though we never personally interacted, it was the first of several times I got to see him speak to an Apple-only audience. In 2004, He didn't yet. It helped Apple in his presence. It has also hurt the company in his absence. And it is also true it hurt the company while he was there. The chief reason I chose to leave Cupertino and go back to Chicago was that Apple did not have a team dedicated to the science of user interface design. What they have is marketing. They have graphic design considerations they call platform experience. But regarding unified usability principles, there was no central team for it during my time there. There was such a group in 1997, but Jobs disbanded it. Good personal judgment goes very far but it has limitations. Using iTunes and the music strategy of the company again as a through line and benchmark, one can see the obvious decline and decay that set in. Even when the videos launched, it became clear that iTunes should not carry the burden of music, video, and purchasing app crammed into one window. Years later, the iPhone showed as much when their functions were separate apps. In Jobs' absence, these cracks in the system have grown. The oversights accelerated, though the reform of the new music app in iOS 10 is a small recovery of some sanity. It still remains to be seen how Apple will endure the death of its most influential founder. The leadership of a single person cannot and should not be interminable. If death is in fact one of the greatest inventions of life, Apple must face this death in a way it has not yet perceptibly done. As Louis Althusser said, the future... Lasts a long time. There are many paths with several big picture orchestras that Apple could choose from. I have my own ideas on such directions, but as it stands, I don't yet see Apple going that way at all. I would like to be wrong, but they appear to be putting the same old wine into newer, shrinking bottles. The watch is to the iPhone, as the iPhone was to the Mac. The 17-month-old watch may well be a bridge to new places. We have not seen what those might be. Bear in mind, though, that the iPod was a doorstop to a strategy that went unannounced for six whole years. The future lasts a long time. Projects require a long time. For all we know, the final products that jobs kept quiet about might still be unreleased. It's even possible that they may never be released. For my own part, achieving what once felt impossible seeing what could be accomplished if things line up and bringing imagination down to something you can hold in your hand. This is a process he never owned. He didn't start it, but he did it very, very well. And all of us have the capacity to follow suit.